The following podcast is a Dear Media production. In a study by Esquire, 54% of women said they'd rather be hit by a car than considered fat. If I'm being honest, I've been those women. So for me, this isn't just a podcast, it's personal. I'm Danielle Robey, TV host and journalist, and years of celebrity interviewing taught me that beauty isn't about what you look like, it's about who you become. Each week, I'm having thought-provoking conversations, digging into the stories of people who put a new spin on pretty. From entrepreneurs and authors to politicians and celebrities, no topic is off limits. So join me every Thursday for a new episode to feel pretty inspired, pretty seen, and best of all, pretty smart. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today's guest needs no intro. Today, we're talking to the one and only Molly Sims, the model, actress, mama three, entrepreneur, and producer. She's the podcast co-host of Lipstick on the Rim, New York Times bestselling author, and president of Something Happy, her new production company designed to amplify female voices. She's a Southern girl with just the biggest heart, and no matter what she does, she keeps it real and is always authentic. She's simply the best, and we became instant friends from this conversation, and know you'll walk away from this one feeling the exact same way. We cover so much today from how she handles mom shame and guilt, especially when it comes to her breastfeeding journey, catastrophic thinking, and the mental load of parenting to what balance actually looks like, the power of no, and why she focuses on complimenting her kids for who they are instead of how they look, and how she still hides in her closet with a drink sometimes. You'll laugh and relate to this one with us and stick around to the end where Molly and I can chat about how we were both waiting for a proposal that never happened while on vacations with our now husbands. Spoiler alert, we both didn't take it very well. And as always, please share the podcast with any friends or family. You're our village and we want to spread these conversations and support with all we can. Now here's Molly. Haley, I, you know, I'm from the South and I have an obsession with country music. I just learned that you were from the South. I didn't know that. Round here. I can literally, I mean, I am obsessed with Florida Georgia Line. I might actually get to go on stage with Luke Bryant tonight. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) Where is he playing in LA? I got invited a few minutes ago and it's just been a really rough week. So we'll see. But I'm obsessed with Florida Georgia Line. Uh, Well, you have to come to a show. Oh my God, I will. Whenever they happen again. I know. My girlfriends were like, are you really going to talk to Haley and Jessica? And I was like, yeah, anyway. So Molly, we don't even know you, but literally (laughs) every time your name comes up, everyone just says you're the absolute best. And you're just one of those people that I just feel like we all need to get to know. So you're the best. You're relatable, but at the same time, probably one of the most accomplished people. And there's not much you haven't done. So we just want to know all about your journey, your realness, because truly, I don't think there's anything we need more right now, especially in parenthood, than just keeping it real. real Thank sight. you. I'm so excited. Um, it's definitely been a journey. For those of you who don't know me, I have three kids. One is nine, just turned nine. His name is Brooke Scarlett, who's six. And I have Gray, the baby, who is four. And... You know, I know you guys are at different stages and we will always just always be at different stages, which I think is 
part of the fun of parenting, but also part of the, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this stage or this part of it? I'm learning a lot. You know, I think the pandemic has helped me slow down. I think, you know, I feel I'm a really good mom. I'm from the South. My mom who passed away last year, she was such an incredible force in my life. And I think that I see it play out with my children, but it's a balance, you know, trying to work and do it all. And I'm excited to be where I am in my life. I think, especially with kids, one thing I've really realized is that even though they all came from the same place, from the same daddy, they're all very different. And I'll give you an example. So my oldest, I'm like, okay, be a leader, but make sure you make mistakes. Make sure like you better make a mistake today. You better take chances. My middle one, I'm like, you know, she's just lost her first tooth. She's grinning from ear to ear. She has an awful piece of hair hanging down in one eye that's on purpose. She's sick, Scarlett. I was like, have fun. You know, she's like my middle, knows what she wants. We'll be living in Europe. Brooks, my oldest, will probably be living with me. And then there's Gray, who's four, and he will probably be in jail one day. But he, I say to him, I'm like, don't touch anybody. Don't hit anybody. And have fun. (laughs) The right there is all- Third child, all different. I recently spoke to someone, Dr. Noah Larcy, an incredible child anxiety specialist here in Los Angeles, California. Um, he owns a company called Straight Up Treatment. And you have to talk to your kids sometimes differently. Yeah, totally. And, I'm and, just learning And that's that. okay. I yeah. know. But um, yeah, it's as a parent and, you know, I have a, a really great husband who is very involved, which is really important. You both seem like such involved, fun parents. I stalked you on Instagram before we did this. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're such fun parents. <laughs> like, And obviously you were talking about balance and, and Jess and I always say there's no, it's hard to find balance. There's no real way to find balance, but it does look like you guys have found a good form of balance with how much you have going on. You've got your new production company, <laughs> which we love, by the way, we love the home edit and they're some of our good friends. And um, I'm excited for you. Oh, me too. And then we've got, you've got your mom of three and your wife. That also takes time. And, and then also your other careers, which that's just a lot. And how do you prioritize all of that and still make that kid time and then have self-care time? Yeah. I think, you know, when I'm momming, when I'm like momming, I'm on, I'm like, we're doing this, you know, I'm like, I have got this. And then when I'm like at work, I'm like, I have, but it's never equal. It's like, I'm doing great at momming and then I'm late for work or just struggling. And then when I feel like I'm crushing it, then I'm like, shit, I forgot to pick her up, you know? Um, But they do not go hand in hand. They will never be balanced at the same time. I will say that we work hard, play hard. And I really mean that. I do, you know, as much as, you know, Haley, you guys and Jessica know that I love organizing. It does really give me some sort of self-care and therapy. And I mean this when I say I live and die by a calendar. I try to keep my spaces 
if you looked at my space now, you'd think it's someone like threw up beauty products, but we were trying a lot of different things. But I really try to keep my spaces really clean and organized. And it really helps me. I don't know why, but it helps my head. It helps just everything about me being a parent. It sounds so weird to say it like that, but you know, I'm good at getting rid of things. I think, you know, I, I know you guys know the home edit, you know, being down in Nashville and, but I, I work, I, I produce a show called Get Organized with the Home Edit. And honestly, when I was writing my book, my third book four years ago, and I cold called them out of nowhere, it was like that nesting time and just like getting everything organized. And this is my third. I'm like, at one point, I'm like, okay, I know what's going to (laughs) happen. But it has really helped me in my life. And I think the best advice that I can give for women is that set yourself up for success. Really look at your weeks, look at your days and figure out what's most important. You know, the more you say yes, and I know you guys probably get asked and are lucky to be asked to go to some pretty incredible things. But the more you say yes is the more you say no to something within your family. And I think, you know, really looking at what you're saying yes to is really important. And I say that with, you know, it started happening a little bit pre-pandemic for me where I was like just trying to do everything and be everything to everyone And I found myself struggling. I found myself struggling as a mom. I found myself struggling like, is this worth it? Does it move the needle? Do I really need to do it? Or just am I a people pleaser? But then I stopped making it about me and I started making it about my family. And when I say yes, it's big. And I'm I'm excited and I want to do it. But I have learned the power of no. And it's really important and it's really strong to make those choices. I think you know, we can all get into this like craziness of everything, but I think you can't be everything to everyone all the time. Mm, That amen to all of that. I feel like if the pandemic's taught us anything too, I feel like it's just that we really need to figure out what and who are so important to us. And, and all the excess noise kind of just doesn't even really matter as much. No. And, you know, I, and shit happens, you know what I mean? Like things happen. And I have this whole thing about me sometimes where I can be like catastrophic thinking. Actually, when I had my babies, I went to actually see someone about it because I'm like, I think it was probably a form of just hormones dropping out of me, but I, it's called catastrophic thinking. I would just like, think the worst, like think like, what if this, what if that? I've really tried to like, have a more calming space around me and everything can't, you just, it's like everything and everything. And you have the power too. It's like my kids are really into sports and it's like, oh, could they do this? And they could do that and they could do this, but I'm a mom of three. And I don't always want to be like so tired or like they're so tired. Even those simple choices about what they do and they don't do that. I mean, that's draining just in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the brand new app Encantos. We've talked about Encantos before and are loving it. When it comes to young kids learning, we're huge fans of story teaching. 
basically helping our kids learn through storytelling. I don't know if your kids are the same, but when I tell Liv or Luca a story about when I was younger or really any story about real life situations, they're just glued to the story and remember it. That's why we're so excited about Encantos. Encantos is a new app full of fun, amazing stories for our kids, all designed to teach them the fundamentals they need to flourish, like problem solving, critical thinking, and creative thinking. Encantos combines amazing stories with education to inspire a lifelong love of learning for kids zero to eight. Because when learning is fun and engaging, our kids remember it and it's amazing to watch. We're always looking for fun activities for Liv and Luca to do outside of school and love how enriching Encantos is. And it allows me to feel guilt-free when I turn it on for them. The stories teach them skills that are important to me and what I want them to learn, but don't always know how to teach them, like mindfulness and social emotional awareness. And they have stories in both English and Spanish, which is awesome because it's an easy way for them to pick up a new language at such a young age. Even Atlas has picked up Hola from the older ones, which is so cute. Your kids will love Encantos and we want them to enjoy stories to learn from by Encantos. And right now we have a special offer. Get three additional months free when you sign up for an annual subscription. Just go to EncantosWorld.com and use code LIVING when you subscribe. Don't wait. That's EncantosWorld.com and use code LIVING. Now let's get back to our conversation with Molly. Being organized, that's such good advice. And we figured out the power of Post-its, honestly, this week. Like I use Post-its all the time, but we started using it like in actual planning. And every morning when I wake up now, I do a gratitude journal. I The night before I set out my calendar and I honestly feel like I'm a much better version of myself through everything, like through work, through Bryce, being a mom, being a wife, all of it. And I think that makes me think of, we talk a lot about kind of like the mental load of parenting, but I don't think it's talked about enough, right? Like all the silent things that go in our head all the time. And I think that weighs on us so much and so much more than I think we realize it does. And it's really hard to turn it off. Even when you're so organized, it's like, I'm thinking about the, you know, I'm making dinner and I'm still thinking about the 10 other things I have to do in my life, whether it's being a parent or, you know, for work or whatever it is. So how have you figured out a way to turn that off? How do you connect with your husband? Are you able to turn it off when you're with him and the kids go down? I wish I could say yes. You know, I wish I could say like, oh yeah, this is like what I do and this is how I do it. Um, Every week is different. You know, I swear, even if like we're like in my closet, shutting the door, like having a drink. I know I still hide in my closet and drink, but those moments are just like, I feel like they're stolen moments. I have gotten better. I recently went away with my husband to Europe and I had not left them in a really long time. And I said to my girlfriends when I came back, I'm like, I was so fun. Like I was fun. I was in Europe, in Italy, dressed in a gown, drinking wine and eating pasta at three o'clock. I was like, so fun. Um, Fun, Molly. I love it. Okay, wait, can we talk about this? Because- I think we were in Italy at the same time and we went with our friends and then we did like a couple's trip and then our kids joined us. But the adult trip and that portion, I was like, wait, I'm fun again. <laughs> Who is this person? Who is this, is this person? Italy? I don't know. What is this? Is this the imposter syndrome? Like, no, I, I think it goes back to Jessica's like, I just, yeah, at first, like I got on the plane and I was like, 
I can't do this. We, we shouldn't leave. We shouldn't both leave. And like, I was trying to find every reason. Literally, like if my husband was out the door, he was like dragging me by my bag. He's like, we have got to go. But then, you know, we landed and I slept. And I guess the time difference kind of forced me to be like, well, I guess I'll worry when, you know, worry when they wake up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and every day got a little bit better. Every day was like, oh my God, let's, you know, not that I didn't forget about them. And of course I missed them. I did something funny on my Instagram. I was like drinking an Aperol spritz, like in a bathing suit with like the hotel behind me. I'm like, I miss them so much. I didn't, I really didn't miss them. Um, I miss parts <laughs> of them, but those moments are really, I have to constantly remind myself, like, I don't want to always have to go on a trip to, to be able to have those moments and feel like that, whether it be with my friends or my family. I want to try to create that space in my mind of like, and my mom always used to say like all the worry in the world doesn't change anything or all the worrying that you do really never happens. And my brother and I talked about that this morning and he was talking about her and, and it's true. Like, I think sometimes we can get into these habits, especially as moms, like we just worry to worry. I'm like, my oldest was like, my mom is a really good worrier. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Also in the same um, sentence, he also said I needed to up my snack game that Billy got s'mores in his <laughs> snack oh, box. Geez. I was like, well, F Billy, because I don't have s'mores. <laughs> Forget what, do, what do you give your kids for snacks? Oh my God. Well, you I know, ideas. I, well, listen, I mean, the uh, nature's Valley granola bar. He goes, mom, I really want these bars. They're like in this like yellow orange, they come in like different flavors and they're crunchy and it's like nature's. And he like totally botched me. I'm like nature's Valley, like from like 20. Yeah. I, I try to do the organic, you know, I really do. Like I got him organic Doritos. He goes, mom, these really don't taste <laughs> like my Doritos. I'm like, you know what? They don't. My kids love hummus, cucumbers. It's kind of like snacks are all, it's like always kind of like hard to, to put in your, in, in their lunch box or in their little snack bag, but I'm open for tips. I've got all the tips for you. Just anything that's easy, right? Like the more, I guess it goes back to what we just talked about. The more we can prep, the more organized we can be. It just makes all those little decisions so much easier. The best tip that I can give people out there that are trying to get their their kids ready for school is lay out the clothes the night before, the backpack, the mask, if you have to wear them at school, we do here in California, the snack, like have it all ready. That is 12 minutes that you will save every morning. Yeah, precious minutes. 12 precious minutes. Three kids out the door. I'm only getting one kid right now out the door. And that just seems like a lot. So how do you do that? Yeah, also lie to them (laughs) all the time and say, we're leaving in five minutes. You're not, you're leaving in 20, but you just prepped them for the next 15. I need people to do that with me. Yeah, me too. Actually, my assistant does it. She'll be like, you have to be there at nine. I'm like, really? And she's like, nine, I don't have to be there on 9.30. But she lies. So when I'm there, they're like, oh, great. I'm like, you're on time. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you're like, you're not late. You're perfect. I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> There's Tyler's secret, Haley. That's it. That's it. That's what he's got to do. Oh, well, um, speaking of feeding, 
we love how candid you've been about your breastfeeding journey. And, you know, when your kids were born and you struggled with breastfeeding, you talked about it, which wasn't something people were doing at the time, I don't think. And so how did you handle that? How did you handle all the people that were mom shaming? And how did you cope with not being able to breastfeed? Because I was also right there with you. Well, first of all, women love to shame. They do, they can really do really a great job at it. I mean, this probably was one of the hardest moments of my life. You know, you've waited for this baby, you know, you know the benefits of breastfeeding, you know the liquid gold, you've you've just, you're in it to win it. My baby was born with a tooth, a milk tooth, we thought, but actually was a real freaking tooth, I know. And so I was in terrible amounts of pain. I had an incredible lactation uh, specialist at the hospital that I got to work with. And, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, he's just not latching or, oh God, it's so I mean, it's so painful. I had to have a, C- a C-section on all three of my children. I My first one was born with a velamentous cord insertion, which basically means the trunk of the tree was not really rooted in the soil between him being connected to me and the placenta. So I could never have him naturally, which was very stressful. I knew that very early on. But with breastfeeding, you know, I just, I wanted just to do it so badly. And I would see these women and they would like pump so much and, And there I was, and I just remember watching the clock and thinking, okay, I I can do it. I can do it. And I did. I wore nipple covers. I bled. I wore an alternate, you know, feeding system around my neck. I did not make enough milk. And I was hysterical. I, my baby was hungry. I finally, she said to me, the lactation specialist, when we called her to come and check the baby's weight, she was like, you're not making enough. And like, literally, like I would pump, then I would pump when I'm not supposed to be pumping to increase my milk. I would drink Guinness, uh, fucking cookies. Like, I don't even know, <laughs> lactation, muffins, cookies, milkshakes. She finally looked at me and uh, she was like, you don't have enough milk. We have got to, to do formula. You know, formula was like saying the F word back then. You know, formula was like a dirty word. And I got a lot of shame for it, but I could not, I mean, I didn't have enough milk to feed him. And I would literally watch, I remember Allison Satter, I would watch her pump and I'm like, how in the world? I mean, you're like a cow. Like, how I was like to be so jealous. I'm like, normally I'm jealous of someone's bathing suit. Now I'm jealous of someone's like milk production. But it was really difficult. I think I put so much pressure on myself and I had to stop, you know, reading comments. And it was really, really, really hard. I can't imagine because I feel like even it took me three babies to, to realize that I really didn't, have to put so much pressure on myself. But even then that was hard. And I called Jess when I was in the hospital with our third baby. And I was like, I just don't think I can do this. And she was like, if it's not bringing you joy and like a happy mom is a happy baby. So like, you know, you need to put yourself first. And so that was kind of the thing that really sealed the deal for me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then the second I started using formula, I was like, 
this is amazing. Why haven't I started this from the get-go every time? Because it was such a painful and anxiety-provoking thing. Even though I wanted the same thing. I wanted to be the the mom that just stuck her baby on my back. Oh, yeah. You know, just like casually did it. And oh, here we are on the go. I'm just going. But it was just this like, it was- I would have women in front of me because, you know, everybody had their babies, you know, and they're like, just Mm -hmm. sneak. And I'm like- I would be like, oh my God, I, I like, I, I would be sweating, crying, sweating. Or, like sweating. And I tried on all three babies by gray. I think, I don't even think I made, I think I might've made it a month. I'm like, uh, there's no milk in here. I mean, uh, we have, we have taken every supplement. There was a point in time. I had like literally like 17 supplements. Like I was becoming sick from the supplements. She is the best lactation specialist in the United States. She's incredible. She's smart. She's kind. She is giving. And she is like, we are not going to breastfeed anymore. And she just, she gave me permission. And if any, and I needed it. And I don't know why I couldn't give myself permission, but I just needed the permission to be like, I'm not starving my baby. I'm not killing my baby. I'm not going to be, oh, the best is like, well, you know, Breast milk makes your baby so much smarter. <laughs> and finally on the third one, I was like, well, I guess he's not going to be as smart. But, you know, so we're good. We'll be pretty. I mean, something that you said that is just it, someone gave you permission. Like we don't, there is so much shame around it. And sometimes just hearing that permission, I think in motherhood, yeah. there are so many things that don't go according to plan. And we have to kind of learn how to, as a society and as women, support each other in that because everyone's journey looks different. And when Haley called me that day in the hospital and she was like, I just don't think I can do it with Atlas. Like we talked through it all. Like what are the risks? What are the benefits? And I said, like at a certain point, you have to weigh your body and what your reality is. Like a happy mom is a happy baby and this isn't in the cards for you. And that's okay. That's your journey. And you know, it's just so hard to reconcile that because I think with kids, we dream of it being a certain way and it does not go according to plan. No. And I will say, I'm sure Haley had the same experience. Your baby feels that anxiety. They just do. Like you can't help it. I mean, my hands were shaking. I'm sweating. I'm like, first he had a tooth. So that you know, like just, but even the second one, Scar, who latched amazing and was beautiful and such an easy breastfeeder, I just didn't have enough milk. So then she got squirmy and she started crying and then it wasn't easy. And then the more it's like, but just for someone to give us permission. And also I think, you know, really what you said, you know, we had uh, Michelle Hakaka, who's a pretty awesome, glorified OB gynecologist here in, in Los Angeles. She wrote a book called Expecting 411. And we talked about birth plans. And she actually renamed it because sometimes that plan just doesn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also hard for some women to get around, to get to, ha- to have their mind like around like, well, the, the plan is going to change because we need to change the plan. It's like, for me, I went into labor on my last baby and I actually had always wanted to have a natural baby. It's kind of like always wanting to breastfeed. I'm like, wait, this is labor? Um, Yes, it is. But again, those set plans in your mind, the way you think you want it to be, the the way in your mind you've dreamed to be, you've got to be okay with sometimes pivoting 
quickly and being okay, that may not be the plan. And that can be very hard for some women and men. Completely. It's, it's that pivot that's so hard. But the permission is everything. Giving, someone giving me permission. Even now I'm like, we had something happen and I, someone said, and I was at the doctor's the other day and she was like, it's okay to cry. And it's like, she gave me permission to cry. I'm like, I know it's okay. I'm like, I'm just, oh. I don't know why we always need the permission. We do. This episode is brought to you in part by the amazing team at Talkspace. We still pinch ourselves that Talkspace is a sponsor because we love the company and believe in it so much. We always talk about how important it is that we take care of our mental health as well as our physical health, especially in parenthood. And it's something we all don't focus on enough. I know I'm not alone when I say so many things have shifted in our world over the past couple of years. We've shifted how we work and learn and raise our kids. And sometimes it feels like the world is changing faster than we can keep up with. Just over the past couple of months, I've had so many transitions with Liv starting school and keeping two toddlers at home while also balancing a career and showing up to be present for Tyler and my family. It's just a lot. And some days I feel like I'm not excelling at anything. Thankfully, Talkspace Online Therapy is here to help. They can help you manage stress, process life changes, and more so you can feel less overwhelmed and more in control. I want you to know however you're feeling, you're not alone. I've been so open about how much therapy has helped me personally as a mom and in my relationships. And sometimes we need that support and unbiased feedback and guidance from a professional. Talkspace makes it so incredibly easy and is ready to help you feel better with a single message. They work around your schedule at your convenience with live video sessions and unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist. They offer individual therapy, couples therapy, and medication prescription services. If you need a little support to get you through the end of the year or want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code LIVING. That's $100 off when you use the code living at Talkspace.com. Now let's get back to Molly. We got to know you as a model and an actress, but body image is just something that I think as once we become a parent, we really think about it through a different lens. And we, Haley and I have talked about it a lot about how do we not pass down kind of the negative parts of diet culture or that negative body image to our kids and just being conscious about the things we say in front of them and changing their relationship with food. So is that something that's come up in your house? How do you deal with self-esteem or body image, especially with girls? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely relevant. I am very careful with the choice of the words that I use. I don't like to use the word diet. I think the biggest change is that when I was modeling and even at the height of my modeling, it's like, even the way I think about it, it's like, you know, before pre-kids, it's like, okay, how do I be skinny, right? And now it's, Mm -hmm. how do I be healthy? And even for me, changing that, you know, in my mind to just it's, that has a, that's been a huge shift. I hate a scale. I hate the word diet. I think it's really important that weight is celebrated. Good, bad, skinny, fats. You know, we talk a little bit about the other day about destination addiction. Like I'm finally going to get there. I'm finally going to get in that. And then then it's, it's the other, it's the next five pounds. It's the next. I think 
we have to really be careful about getting on those cycles and really, you know, with our kids, they hear you, they see you, they imitate you, they want to be you. So if you're always constantly talking about dieting or talking about losing weight or talking about, it needs to be in a very celebrated way, in a positive way, not on a number, not on a a result. My little girl, we did this thing for breast cancer and she got to have her picture taken from a really awesome photographer named John Russo and she got her hair done. And I had more people reach out to me and was like, oh my God, she's beautiful. Are you going to let her model? The answer is no, because I know maybe one day long away when she's out of the house on her own. I know that world. I know that world that when you start to become a model, it is a business. Other people may are making money off of you. And I think the one thing my parents did very well is I graduated from high school. I went to homecoming. I went to prom. I went to Vanderbilt. I was in a sorority. I had a childhood. Yes, I veered off midway through college, but I think it's really important that especially women and look, I love beauty. I have a website called mollysims.com beauty everywhere. I have a podcast called Lipstick on the Rim. We talk beauty and we drink. I love, but I am very careful as a mom of how I speak about beauty and weight um, in front of my kids. I couldn't agree more with that. I struggled definitely as a younger teen with just body image. And I mean, I think it's always in the back of my head, even as healthy, quote healthy, as I am mentally and physically, but that's just the last thing that I want for my kids, especially my daughter. So thanks for being open about that. And yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I still struggle. I, you know, I still struggle with it. It doesn't go away. You know, you, you can't for 25 years of your life. someone be like, your nose is crooked. Your hair is too blonde. Your hair is not blonde enough. You're too dark. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too muscular. You're too, like, there, there's no way. Yes. Do I have a shell that is crazy resistance, crazy hard and crazy. I just have built this armor. I don't look in the mirror the same way probably other people do and pick myself apart because I've been picked out. I've been picked apart my whole life. That was what was interesting too. I think going back to the breastfeeding of it all and being mom shamed, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I now this is about how this is now you're shaming me about my baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you say you were picked apart, you know, already all those years, How did you handle that as a younger adult even? I mean, I don't know what age you were when you started modeling, but how did you handle that at a younger age? Because now I'm 30 and Um, I can kind of say, okay, you know, I'm a mom. And and like you said, you just start caring about different things. But in early 20s, just we think about things a lot differently. They just land so much deeper, right? And I still they still land, but just not as deep as when we're younger. Yeah, they definitely land. It's just, you know, for me, my mom was really great about, yeah, she always thought I was pretty. And even if I wasn't, I was pretty to her. But she always made me, I I hated my height. I hated it. I remember going to prom and I wore like just tiny, the tiny 
tiniest little bit of a heel. And she forced me to, and she's like, but you look beautiful. I'm like, I'm taller than all the boys, mom. Like, I'm not wearing it. And she's like, yes, you're going to, you know, and she'd always get on to me about my posture. But she was really good at instilling in me that I was smart, I was kind, and I was inclusive. And so it was a little bit difficult when I went to Vanderbilt and I had such an incredible group of women and guys. And I would just, I felt I was close to home being from Murray, Kentucky and, you know, only, and then to all of a sudden one day, it didn't matter if I was smart. Imagine they only cared about what I look like. And that shift was very, very, very difficult as a young girl like, well, don't you want to know what I think or what I say or how I like something? It's like one day my voice got stripped away. It was still there, but it definitely kind of lost its light. It kind of dimmed for a while, but I had her in the back of my mind and I had a really hard beginning because I left Vanderbilt and I went to this agency in Germany and they asked me to go get my jeans. They said that I was too fat. I would never work. They were never going to get the $737 back that they had forwarded my ticket. And it was really difficult and sad. I was living, I went from living with three girls, two girls, 20 girls, to living with a German woman who spoke no English. And you come home and, you know, she was actually amazing. Um, But it was a very hard transition to say the least. But with hard transition comes resilience. And I think I wouldn't be as resilient. So yes, the breastfeeding was so deeply personal because of like, I'm hurting my baby, that feeling. But in terms of now, I don't give a shit if you think I'm too fat. I I really don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. I don't care if I don't fit in the size two. I don't, yeah, I may be like, shit, I shouldn't have drank the bottle of wine the night before, but I don't really care. Like, I don't really... Uh, get a seamstress, make them, you know, a half a size bigger. It's weird how, I don't know. If they want me, they'll work around me. I don't know. Yeah. But that's a nod to just like such confidence, but watching your Genesis is then so fascinating, right? It's like going through that. Now you get to give back. You get to, you know, amplify female voices. You get to have your podcast. You get to say what you want to say and you get to empower other people to get through those types of things. I think, we, we talk about it all the time, but complimenting our kids for what's on the inside really does set them up for success so much more than the comments of like, you're beautiful or that dress looks nice. Like that's who they become. And so the fact that even through all of that, you came back to that, it's amazing. Yeah, it's funny. I was having a conversation with my dad the other day because I don't know, I don't know. We were talking about something and he said something and I was like, oh, don't remember one thing. I said, just remember one thing. I go, you taught me the statement. Don't mistake my kindness for weakness. You know, and, you know, being Southern, we, especially women that I know, you know, because we have a little bit of an accent or we're nice or we actually want to make you happy and care what you actually think. But no, no, don't mistake my kindness. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. Your mom sounds like she was such a, a role model and inspiration to you. She was awesome. She really was. She's good, you know, it's like the one thing you want to do, you know, with you, when you have kids, if you really want to set them up for success and no matter what happens, if it's someone calling you bad names or fat or whatever, like, okay, 
that's your thought. I still got this. I could still do this. Like, and you know, the one thing I always tell young people is change. Don't be afraid to change. It's awful. I hate change. I just did it within my company, which is probably why I have the worst zit on my face right now because like I stressed about it, but I'm happy that I did. And I'm happy that I took that moment and you've got, you know, it's growing pains and you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here like talking to myself, like I'm a 15 year old. You got to spend money to make money. You've got to like put yourself out there. You've got to change up. Like, but those things are instilled, were instilled at me at a very young inclusivity. I mean, it's just interesting. Like those building blocks, those years with your parents, they really do have a life, you know, they can have a lifelong effect on you in a really good way and a negative way. Yeah. So formative, but like so special. So if there was one thing that you could leave our listeners for parenting advice, what would that be? Listen to your gut. Always go with your gut. If you've got a gut and you're like, don't don't be afraid of it. it. You might be wrong, but more importantly, you're probably right. I would always be like, how do I know if my baby's going to have a fever? And they were like, oh, you'll know, you know. <laughs> Your yep. for the inside of your forearm, like it's like burning when they lay your, but always listen to your gut. I, that's the best thing that I can tell any parent, listen to your gut and be your child's best advocate. It doesn't mean that you're helicoptering and it doesn't mean that you're trying to get them ahead of the line or, but know your children's needs and be their best advocate. Advocate for your child, advocate for your family and advocate for yourself. I think it's really important. The, oh, we'll see what happens. Mm, I don't know. I think, oh, I was trying to get, I was trying to figure out if I should get out of a, a pretty dysfunctional relationship. And I would always say, oh, what's meant to be is meant to be. Actually, that, that's just something you tell yourself to make it be okay. But it doesn't mean that it's supposed to be that. But oh, that's very true. Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say is that make mistakes, take chances. Mm -hmm. It's really important. And it's important for your kids to see that things aren't, you don't always win or it's not always perfect. It's okay to let them see you cry. It's okay to let them see you upset. Like my, Scott and I were like, argue, I don't know, we were arguing this summer in the Hamptons. And like my best girlfriend, Mimi, was staying with me. So like Brooks walked downstairs like, are mom and dad getting a divorce? And I'm like, what? First of all, where did you even learn the word? And secondly, I think because we don't fight in front of him. Right. You know, I mean, we, yeah. were, we were loud, but it was just funny. So fight That's in front good. of him. I mean, I think all of us, a lot of us grew up thinking our parents were so perfect and adults were perfect and they knew everything. And so I think it's so good to, to let our kids know that we're not perfect and everyone's going to make mistakes and we're still going to make mistakes, even when we're 80. <laughs> totally. Wait, Haley, I did some notes because we want to have you on. And um, Jessica, you went to uh, Singita. Yes. Isn't it you so good? Oh, I did. I have I a story. there. Oh my God, I want to live there too. I thought I was going to get engaged to Stuber. I had my nails done for seven days straight in a row. He invited me to go to Africa. I'm, I'm like, I am getting engaged. I told the story on Lipstick on the Rim, but it's just funny. I, like I had written down that you had gone to, you had gone to Singita. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Oh, we love it there. And I know that feeling all too well of thinking that you're going to get proposed to. We were going oh. home 
to Sun Valley, Idaho. And I was like, I know I'm going to get proposed to. I know it. And it didn't happen. And I was just so, so pissed. Oh my, God. It. oh my God. You couldn't have said that better. I feel like that is the story of our life is trying to remember to follow our gut and intuition and advocate for others. I think that's the best reminder that we could have been given. So thank you. And you guys are awesome. You guys, have to, you guys have to come on Lipstick on the Rim. I'm going to make you drink. I'm going to make you, we're going to talk all things beauty. We're going to talk all things life. You guys are incredible. We'd love that. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box. You can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.